From the east side to the west, this is From the Land, the Cleveland Sports and More podcast. I'm your host, Jason Gerber, and tonight, the last night of summer, we have an episode full of hope. The longest season of the year, the one between the last Brown season and the next one's beginning, is almost over. Next weekend, our Browns are back. So tonight, we talk football. We talk Browns, we talk betting, we talk the NFL, and we fire off our final summer hot shots. I am joined tonight by two of the best ever. My co-hosts, Phil Denko and Chuck Rambaldo are here. Fellas, as the man so often asks, are you ready for some football? Yes, I am. I, I didn't think I would be at this stage, but I am so ready for some football. I'm excited. Let's go. Let's go. Always ready for football. And I think I want it year round and the NFL does a nice job of the, the propaganda machine, but then like the USFL and XFL stuff. And I go, maybe I don't want football all year round. So now I'm <laughs> definitely ready for some football. I'm a lot more excited than I thought I would be as I was getting ready for tonight that, you know, all right, it's time now finally do our last Browns talk, get this season started and see what this team can do. And I know tonight is all about football, but, Let's start with baseball, because our Guardians simply refuse to die. Our Guardians week cap, our look back at the last week of Guardians baseballs. The Guardians will not go quietly into the night. This week, the Guards took two of three from the Twins in Minnesota, then came home against a Tampa Bay team fighting for a division and won two of those three games. Guards had a chance to get a game closer today, but fell short. Still just five games out of first place in the division. So Central Division Hospice Watch. Is this week Doc Holiday killing Johnny Ringo after playing sick <laughs> or weekend at Bernie's Bernie pretending to be alive? The great scale. I, it, I think it's going to be somewhere in the middle. I think if they win today, uh, sweeping one of the better teams in the conference and then immediately playing uh, Minnesota and chiseling away, I, I think it's a, a little more towards Doc Holiday because this might have been the most fun week I've had watching Guardians baseball. Uh, even though it's a long season, you you might tell me no week four was way better. I don't know. Relevancy right now, they're playing really good baseball. And it, it feels like every game is not only important, but my heart is starting to pound a little heavier. We're going to get to it. Okay, good. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think it's a little more towards like Doc hasn't gotten out of bed yet, but you know, it might be coming. So he, it's still touch or go, but I'm leaning towards that. Why Johnny Ringo? I think it's <laughs> a little closer to the Doc Holiday. I'm hoping anyway, right? Like it's, I, I kept thinking about, you know, this past week, this four and two week and how close we were to five and one. And man, I'm selfish. I wanted that five and one. And I wanted yep. to gain that game on the yep. twins. But you look back at these six games, we just took the six game series against two really good teams. This yeah. is not us beating up on the White Sox or the Tigers or the Royals, right? So I feel good for September. I feel like, you know, yeah, maybe Chuck's right. Maybe it's Doc in bed, but he already knows as soon as soon as Wyatt leaves that room, I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there first. Johnny Ringo's going down. So I'll put it a little closer to Doc Holiday. I'll, I'll tell you why I'm leaning Johnny Ringo, because they went through this week, won those games against two good teams, and they didn't have Naylor back until today. And Jose Ramirez played like junk all week long. You get Ramirez swinging like he can, 
and Naylor back in that lineup, and the Twins are not daisies. They are no daisy at all. So I think it's an exciting week for the guards. I'm glad that, uh, you know, they're making a miraculous recovery, and, like, they might be out of hospice by the time we get back. How about this? Guardians good wood. Who had the most impressive wood of the week for the Guardians? Bo Naylor hit 333, had two home runs, four RBIs. I know this sounds crazy, but he had a clutch walk in the 11th Saturday night against the Rays for that come-from-behind win and a couple of home runs against the Twins. Or Gabriel Arias hit 435, had a two-run home run in the win on Saturday against the Rays. Uh, he has multi-hit games in four of his last eight games that he started. So most impressive wood of the week. I'm going to go with Arias um, because this is what we're talking about. This is a guy that we know defensively he should be <clears throat> he should be out there every day. Uh, and offensively, up until this week, he was kind of suspect, right? He had 10 hits in six games. And while he didn't come through in the clutch in the last game of the six, it's okay. I, the dude had like four doubles in there too. Like he was just yeah. pounding the ball. Um, and if you get not that's unrealistic, but if you get any kind of offensive production out of, out of uh, our shortstop position, I don't even know if, if Tito will know what to do with that for the rest of the, the season. It'd be great. I think they know more about baseball than me. <laughs> uh, Possible. On, on Saturday, the only note I had, well, there are a few, but the only offensive note I have written down Arius, um, is he that dude? And I think yeah. he's turning, like you see that frame he has, he's going to hit for power. He's a great fielder. I'm going with him. And and I hope like, I'm not prematurely getting excited about the future for this guy, but he looks like a real fine baseball player, at least this week. I'm going with both of them. I got two woods, one for the Ichia. <laughs> wow. What a tombstone. Be a tombstone theme. Holy <laughs> yeah, right. I like it. Got it. I, I just think it's great to see these young guys who we think, thought were supposed to be hitters start to do it and man that's exciting it was fun to see them doing it all week long uh, and i hope they can keep it up because next week is huge again three games starting tomorrow night against the twins in cleveland then a west coast trip starts with four against the angels next week from a cardiology point of view how ready is your heart for a week of what basically amounts to nothing but playoff games I don't know what's going to make the show, but I think the balloon should go in and just expand a little <laughs> bit, just expand in there a little bit. I think this is this this week is kind of like been preparing for a 5K, 10K or marathon. Like it's gotten my heart ready. Uh, I've been nervous. I've been sweaty. I've been wringing my hands. Uh, so I'm like, th this is going to be it just for the, the rest of the season, probably. So I don't I don't know. I think. The, the first three games will will set the standard for me. If they're really close and the bullpen's really great again and it comes down to late innings, um, I might have to replace some floorboards from walking around watching the game, but I'm scared. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little nervous. <laughs> and Kirby, you go to bed early, so at least no Phil, who is a learned doctor, will be there if I'm having some issues. Right. I, I think my heart is ready, man. I, I It's it's been prepped. I didn't expect this last week to feel like it did. Um, these last three games, specifically uh there were times where i was in the middle of doing yard work and i'm pumping my fist thinking like oh god the neighbors are probably like what the hell this, yes. guy, this yeah. guy's got earbuds in he's like yeah <laughs> see how well i cut that line into my lawn <laughs> so yeah i i'm ready for it man i'm ready for some playoff intensity and, and you know what you just have the feeling that as guardians fans it's going to be this way for the next 26 games right like the rest yep. of the season it's we're going to be hanging on every pitch live or die 
because it's just going to be that close, I hope. So I, I think my heart's ready. I'm ready for it. I actually feel pretty lucky that we may actually get that type of end of the season because I was ready to, at the end of last week, for this to be done. Smells like someone died? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with him? Smells well well like Hope someone died. He's going to do this the whole time, man. <laughs> so I'm just glad they get to keep playing and that the games are meaningful games. That's really exciting. Um, my heart can handle a lot of stress from baseball. So uh, I'm looking forward to the next few weeks. But, fellas, we're here to talk about football tonight. So we're going to take our first break, come back, talk about the Browns. Welcome back, fellas, to our second segment. And let's finally get to some football, start talking some Browns. Our final 13 Shades of Brown, our 13-week preview of the Browns 2023 season. The season is one week away. By all accounts, the Browns look ready to roll. The roster is set. All the key players appear healthy. And this may be the best team on paper in Cleveland in more than 25 years. Let's start by both siding some Browns issues. Let's talk first about quarterback Deshaun Watson. Best case scenario for him this season and worst case scenario for him. Oh, geez. Best case scenario, uh, he leads this team. I'll just say to the playoffs. I won't even say a division win. I don't care. Just he leads this team to the playoffs because that's that's what we brought him in to do. He is in, and everyone's aware of this, he finds himself in the AFC, which is ridiculous. Like there's a le- the, the top 11 teams in the NFL are in the AFC. So like good luck, right? Uh, but if he leads this team to the playoffs, that's best case. Worst case scenario, we see another like, like what we saw out of him at the end of last year, which I just can't imagine is going to happen. There's, there's just no way, not with this kind of off season, not with this kind of the, the, the additions to this team, but that would be worst case where he goes out there and like, wow, he's throwing the ball uh, four yards shy of someone's feet. And he doesn't look like he knows what's going on and he's running too early. And we end up eight and nine. That would be worst case scenario. Okay, Chuck, there's your best case and worst case scenario. Which one do you think it's going to be? I think it's going to be best case here. I feel like we've been talking about him for five years, but the truth is like, the, <laughs> like the gamble on him starts now. Yep. You can't yep. really look at last year. Um, I think it's a best case thing because I think the offense expands now a little bit more. I still think they were running like Jacoby Brissett was still quarterback a little bit when, when he was in there and, and he's a much better athlete, obviously. I think they spread more. I think you're going to see a lot of receivers on this field. And if he's in any shape or form, uh, like he was a top five quarterback, just give me a top 10 quarterback. That's that's best case scenario by far. And I think like, there's no excuses. I mean, I think we say this almost every year now, <laughs> but really like this, there's, there's really no this time we now mean when this <laughs> right, time yeah. we mean it. Yeah. This time we mean it. Um, there's no excuse. The weaponry he has uh, in the receiver room hasn't existed here since they came back. We have one of the best running backs in the league. Our offensive line is there's no reason that this shouldn't be a best case scenario. Unless the worst case is he starts slow and that's a disastrous season for this team. If, if he starts slow and it takes him half the season to get into any sort of rhythm game shape, the season is over already. Okay. Next one. Best case scenario, worst case scenario, the relationship between head coach Kevin Stefanski and defensive coordinator, Jim Schwartz. 
my perspective is different from yours, Gerb, because you want a CEO type head coach. Best case scenario is they stay out of each other's way. And Jim Schwartz does what Jim Schwartz does. And if the preseason is any indicator, I like what Jim Schwartz does. Uh, and Stefanski kind of does what Stefanski does, only he refines it just a little bit more uh, when it comes to his play calling and his design and his scheme and really opens up. I think it's like the guy who keeps telling you, like, just wait, it's going to happen. He's telling that like to owner, and this is the year it's going to happen because they they have so many weapons. And again, I think they spread it out. That That's the best case is they get along really well. They go to meetings together. He's a little bit of a CEO, but a good manager trusts his t- trusts his team, right? Like a good leader trusts his team. Like Schwartz does what Schwartz does, and I oversee it a little bit, but I'm going to let him do his thing. That's what I'm hoping for. And the worst case scenario? They start slow. They lose games they shouldn't lose, and half the city thinks Schwartz should be the head coach. I would say if it's going to go worst case scenario, it gets to that point where like Schwartz is going to punch him on the sidelines. Well, that's... <laughs> The defense is playing awesome, and the offense is doing shit, uh, and Schwartz can't control himself anymore. Anyway, Danko, there there are your best-case and worst-case scenarios. Which one do you think it's going to be? I think it's going to be best-case scenario. We've got two two smart guys here in, in Schwartz and, and Stefanski, and behind closed doors, at least I hope, like these are two very good leaders You know, at, at, at different stages in their career paths, for sure, but they're good leaders, and I think they probably recognize that all right, you know what? I've got my strengths. I've got my weaknesses. Let's lean into my strengths. You lean into your strengths. Let's get a let's get a winning football team on the on the field. So I think it's going to be best case. I actually think if it went worst case, it's Schwartz is the head coach by week nine. That would be worst case. <laughs> yeah. 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 Danko speaks like somebody who never watched an episode of Succession. These guys are just going to work together perfectly. There'll be no ego in the room. I, I hope it works out. I really do, man. I think they needed somebody more aggressive on defense and with more of a presence uh, in the locker room on defense. And Schwartz definitely brings that. I just hope that it doesn't become something where the talk is about him taking over the head job because we don't need that. We Like Kevin Stefanski, do your thing, win us games. Schwartz, do your thing, get the defense doing right. That's what we really need. All right, so what's got you excited and what keeps you up at night for the Browns? Start on the offense. The fact that they address that receiving core in a big, big way. And some of it is surprising. Guys who we didn't think would make this team have made this team whether practice squad or not. It just looks real deep. You know, Cedric Tillman looks like he can be a real player in the NFL. The offense, what excites me the most is I think, like I said, they're gonna they're gonna spread this team out. And we're really gonna see how good these wide receivers are how good it opens it up for the tight ends whether it's Harrison Bryan or Joku what keeps me up at night about this offense we talked about it Deshaun Watson not really being that guy that they're spending a lot of money for what am I excited about on this offense the the potential we have to finally trot a franchise quarterback out there with weapons for days all over this field at the wide receiver position at the tight end position certainly at the running back position i don't think deshaun watson has ever taken the football field in the nfl with this kind of weaponry in all those positions he's had some really good weapons around him uh but never all at the same time in all those positions so that that's pretty exciting what keeps me up at night about this offense is i i can't let go of the thought that we're one Jedrick Wills missed block away from DTR being our starting quarterback. <laughs> uh, that bothers me a bit. Um, and hopefully we see Jed Wills kind of turn back into the offensive lineman that we thought he was prior to the last season. I'm right with you guys on what's exciting. I think it's that connection of 
Deshaun Watson with this wide receiver core? Because it just seems like there's so much skill and so much depth and so much talent that it should be really fun to watch. I think what keeps me up at night is Kevin Stefanski sometimes being too cute for his own good and, and not using the weapons enough uh, and not using them in ways that are like effective. Um, I don't want to see wide receiver screens on the two-yard line. Give the ball to Chubb, even though we've got all these wide receivers, let him do his thing. That's what still bothers me, is are we, are we going to get to see the maturation of Kevin Stefanski in the play calling this season? That's what keeps me up at night. All right, same thing on the defense. What's got you excited? What keeps keeps you up at night? Well, on the defensive side, what what has me excited is the potential to finally take some of the pressure off of Miles Garrett. The dude's still going to get double teamed on every play, but probably to the chagrin of the the other team because we've got some guys now that can put some pressure on the quarterback, so it seems, on that defensive line. Uh, and Schwartz kind of calling the plays. Maybe we'll see a blitz or two, a game two. That was that's <laughs> a novel idea. I don't think we sent anyone all of last year. but uh, So that, that's got me excited, the potential to put pressure on the quarterback. I do think Schwartz is going to let this defense – roll the dice a bit and take some chances, high reward, high risk kind of play, right? So what keeps me up at night about the defense is we're just so paper thin, it seems, at the linebacking core and may, maybe even in the defensive backfield with already with with Ward potentially, will we see him in, in the first quarter of the, of the season? I, I don't know, or at all. Good young talent, but this is an NFL to where if our defensive backs can't at least cover guys, uh, we're in trouble because people will score quickly on us. And we've seen that in the past too. What I'm excited for Phil kind of alluded to, I think, you know, watching last season and and the subversive stuff that was coming out of a locker room on how these defensive schemes are super tough and we're all inside our heads and not knowing we're supposed to be doing at times. It seems like Schwartz is kind of just a guy who's going to let it rip, but you know, like see ball, get ball, see ball, hit ball. That's that's a defense I don't think we've seen here in a long time. They looked really aggressive in the preseason. That has me excited. This should be a fun defensive team to watch. Any AFC North defense should be a fun defense to watch. What keeps me up at night, um, uh, the defensive depth that's proven, that, that makes me a little nervous. And really, even if it's not a depth issue, weathering tough competition there's a lot of good teams on this schedule, man. And we know that that stuff can kind of snowball or uh, injury here or there can, can make it really rough. So that keeps me up. Can they weather some tough competition back-to-back weeks, three weeks in a row? Your division starts in the first four weeks. You're playing how many of those teams? Three, right? In the first four weeks in your division? Yep. That That's what keeps me up at night. And my kids. <laughs> <laughs> I think what I'm most excited about is... Uh, on that defensive line, like looking back at last year, you remember that they really struggled to stop the run last year because they had nobody in the middle. And I think they fixed that. And so nothing says Cleveland defense like stopping the run. I mean, that's always what has been the basis of like their best defenses. And so I think they've got a chance to do that. What keeps me up at night is I'm afraid that we're going to have a much improved defensive line from last year. And everything else is going to be worse. The linebacking core is going to be worse. The secondary is going to be worse because the depth isn't there and guys are already getting hurt. The idea that we're going to get great defensive line play all season and then just get smoked like in the secondary with the linebackers. We're not going to be able to cover anybody in an NFL where everybody throws like mad. That that keeps me up at night. That has me worried. And uh, I guess maybe the fact that our offense is probably going to average 50 
a game makes that a little bit easier, <laughs> but uh, I, I don't like the sound of that. I don't like the sound of our defense giving up a lot of points because we can't cover anybody because of uh, who we've got out there and who's gotten hurt. So other than Deshaun Watson, Nick Chubb, and Miles Garrett, what player are you most excited to see play this season? I had to go a little deep in the weeds here because I, I I thought, I think I'm going to say Najoku or He's going to have a good year. Uh, you're going to think I'm going to go somebody offense, and that's probably the easy pickings here. But I'm going to go in the defensive secondary. Uh, and a guy I beat up early on in the year, I think Grant Delpit is going to have a fantastic year. The last 10 games of the season, he was right. really good. And he is built for a Jim Schwartz defense. He lets those safeties kind of wheel and deal a little bit. And again, more see ball, get ball. Uh, so not only do I think he gets a ton of tackles, which he did last year, but I, I think he might lead this team in picks and is kind of the player they, they thought they drafted. So that's the guy I'm most looking to to see mature as a leader on this defense in a guy who's just going to come out of nowhere on your TV screen or Phil, if you're there wearing your white satin jacket. Uh, that Ooh. like, where did this guy come? Like, how did he make this leap? I think <laughs> he makes the leap this year that that he could be considered like a Pro Bowl safety. The jacket will be reserved for winning weeks only <laughs> so i hope you're right Chuck. but the guy the guy i'm most excited to see on this team outside of the names you mentioned gerbs i think is this year because of what we're talking about on defense is, is jok if schwartz is going to let that guy see ball get ball he is an athletic freak if he can stay healthy this this is that linebacker that could really you know kind of float in between levels of the defense and make plays, you know, jarring balls loose, defending the pass, defending the run, blitzing at times. He's just that that good athletically. So keep JOK healthy, put him in Jim Schwartz's defense and let him go. I like both of those a lot. I think those are both guys to look for that will help me sleep better at night if they're making plays like you guys are describing. I hope that happens. Mine was DPJ. Uh, he had a good season last year. He has a full offseason working with Watson. There's more talent around him in the receiver room that is going to make it easier for him to get one-on-ones and get space where maybe he's not necessarily the focus. And I think he can make a ton of plays. And I'd love to see that guy take another leap this season in what his production can be. Moving on, I asked you guys uh, this afternoon to write up one hot take for this season. So, Chucky, we're going to start with you. What is your hot take on the Browns season? Other than the Grant Delpit being really good, there's no excuse that they don't have a top 10 NFL offense this season. None. We talked about their talent too much and how deep they are at receiver, and you have Nick Chubb, and I'm interested to see if they're going to spread the ball out. If he has a career year or, or if he takes a little bit of a step back because he's not the focus, I think the Haslam's and Stefanski want to throw the ball 65% of the time to 70% of the time, and you're looking like all of us will be like, hand the f***ing ball off. Um <laughs> But there's no reason they are not a top 10 offense to a top five offense if everything's rolling in the right direction and it's a mild winner in Cleveland. (laughs) I love that the weather plays into it. Which of my hot takes do you want? So so Chuck took one of them. I'm going to go to the next one. No, that was good. That was good. My hot take, I I took a little, this kind of leads us into, I I know something we're going to discuss later anyway in in the schedule, playing the old schedule game. So my hot take is this. By week 10, our Cleveland Browns will have a losing record, and that is going to throw everyone into a frenzy. They're going to be four and five going through week 10, but they're going to finish the season six and two. 
and that gets them into the playoffs with momentum. And that is nothing other than matchups, home and away, that kind of stuff. I guess what I'm asking Browns Nation, and it's going to be hard for us on this podcast to even do this, is when they're four and five and you think everyone should be fired and Watson is overrated and, you know, stop throwing the ball on the two yard line, it's going to be okay. It's a 17 game season and 10 wins gets you into the playoffs, I'm pretty sure. So my hot take is it's going to be a rough go for the first half and a much smoother ride for the second half, leading to a Browns-Bills matchup on the shores of Lake Erie in a snowstorm to <laughs> piggyback the weather-related uh, the weather-related take sometime in the playoffs. Don't jump the gun on the predictions, <laughs> the man. Come on. That's like now the way into like <laughs> next segment. Uh, my hot take, right along with what you guys are saying, uh, but maybe a little bit more negative, Nick Chubb will be the most talented and the best afterthought on the Browns offense because Stefanski finally has a quarterback who can throw 45 times a game successfully. We have maybe the best running back in the NFL, and I don't think he is going to be the feature of our offense because we are going to throw like crazy because that's what the NFL is now, and that's what Stefanski likes to do, and he has all the weapons now. Like Chuck was saying, you know, no excuse no excuse this year not to be able to produce with that type of offense. Not with the receivers who are there, not with the quarterback you got, not with a, a good offensive line. And I think we're going to be going nuts because I think Chubb is going to rush for less than a thousand yards because they're just not going to use him that much. Uh, and that's going to make us crazy. All right. Phil kind of touched on it. I had you guys and Burke and Miller fill out a schedule for the Browns with all the wins and losses for their matchups this season. Scale of one to five. One being you as a seasoned member of the Cleveland sports media, five being you as a fifth grader. How did you go about making your picks this year? <laughs> like I do every year, five as a fifth grader. <laughs> I went through and took each look at it. I was like, nope, they're not going to win this. Uh, they should, but they're not going to. They're going to win this one. All right. So all seriousness, I, I, I don't know. It wasn't, um, I, I just, I'm jaded as a Browns fan. Uh, I agree, and I want to agree so badly with Chuck that this is a top five offense. This team should be in the top five in the NFL in offensive stats, and that's how you win football games. This team should win 12 football games on paper. It's the Browns. I don't think it's going to happen. So yeah. I kind of looked at the schedule and thought before I even started filling in the W's and L's, I'm like, all right, please let me get to 10 W's. Please let me get to 10 W's. And I did. I did. <laughs> So maybe as a seventh grader is how I filled this one out. Uh, like in the middle, a little bit in the middle, because it's tough to turn off the emotion here. Because I, when you sent this, I looked at this sheet of paper and it looks exactly like the one all of us, extended family of the podcast, were on, And we're all like, they're going to the Super Bowl. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. Baker's taking them all away. <laughs> were we thinking? So I'm trying not to think like that. I'm trying to be a little bit more realistic here and knowing that they're going to pretty much trade wins in the division. You know, like they, they should split with everybody. That's just hopefully how it is. But but yeah, I, I tried to look at it more analytically and not like we should be great on paper. We're 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 great. And I'm like, I got to reserve the right to see them actually on the field. So uh, I'm in the middle. So I'm a four. I let my emotions and the fifth grader in me the super fan fifth grader in me kind of take control of most of my selections and we're going to get to it as you can imagine where I ended up, but I'm with you guys that it's so exciting to think that they have everything they need to be great, but I need to see it. I, I need to see it 
happen because we've been here before and it hasn't. So I want to see them be great before I assume that they will. So in going through the Browns schedule, which part of the schedule or which part of the season did you hate the most? I know it's a lot because the bye week's early, but after the bye week, it just doesn't seem like the way it breaks down in my mind, they can they can get on a roll. Like they they might win a few back to back games, but what really scares me is the end of the season, the last two games of the season where we're hoping like, oh, they're competing for a division or they're competing for a wild card. And you have a much improved on paper Jets team and Cincinnati to wrap it up. And that makes me feel like I don't know if they're going to get over that home. The part of the schedule that scares me the most, and we, we're faced with this every every year because the Browns, what what do they do? They they can never win the opening game, right? Ever. I mean, ever. I think it's happened like twice since they came back, maybe. So the part of the schedule that scares me the most is that those first four games before the bye week, and it shouldn't, it shouldn't matter. You've got 17 games, but if they go one and three, we're going to be talking yeah. about those first four games in in january when we're lining up against the Bengals, we're like shit had we just won two of those games we'd be in it right now so that part scares me i i want to see them get to week five ridiculously early bye week two and two just get me at two and two i don't care i don't even care who it is anymore <laughs> i i had a, yeah. i had a, an opinion before but i don't care anymore just get me two and two. i hope it's the browns <laughs> yeah yeah no the browns will be two and two i don't care who they beat or who they lose to so that that first four games is is frightening right now Maybe because I haven't seen it yet. Like you said, Gerbs, you know, I haven't seen it. Yeah. I look at the middle of the season, like weeks 10, 11, and 12. It's Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and then at Denver. And you're now four weeks past your bye week. So you're not rested anymore. You got to go back to back against two tough division rivals. And you got to go on the road against a shitty team uh, that you should wail on. And that feels like a game that's potentially a letdown for them or that they're just gassed for because they've been through the battles the two weeks before that and they haven't had a rest since week five. So that kind of weird middle spot in the season where you're playing some shitty teams. You got Arizona before that. Then you got to play Baltimore and Pittsburgh and play Denver. I don't like the way that shakes out unless they're like on a ridiculous roll and they just cream all those teams, which would be awesome. All right, so what is your final prediction for the Browns record this season? I have met 10 and 7 making the playoffs. Got them at 9 and 8. Ooh, playoffs? Maybe. 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 Playoffs? Playoffs? <laughs> Miller had them at 10 and 7. I'd assume that's the playoffs. Burke, Mr. Negativity, had them at 8 and 9. The Browns won't have a winning record, according to Tommy Gunn. I am, as usual, ridiculously optimistic. I have them at 11 and 6. Obviously, making the playoffs, maybe even winning the division with that record. But starting in week 12, I have them going on like a six game winning streak. Yeah. Until they lose to the Bengals <laughs> in uh, week 18. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to that part of the year, man. That's going to be yeah. a lot of fun. But, hey, go Browns. We'll see. Check back on these like we did last year and see how, how well we did predicting things. But we need to take a break here, fellas. We are going to come back and jump all over the NFL, make some predictions, make some bets, talk about things coming up in the 2023 NFL season. Fellas, welcome back to our final segment. We're going to look around the NFL. Let's start with our final summer hot takes, our hot takes around the sports world, NFL edition. At quarterback, the Patriots have Mac Jones and a guy named Matt Corral. That's it. Crazy or just so crazy it might work? (laughs) 
No, it's crazy. I think Tom Brady's signing me. He's coming back. He's coming back, everybody. It's crazy because with Phil, it's my first thought. I'm like, oh, they're clearing cap space to bring Tommy back for <laughs> one last run at 47. But no, it, it's crazy when you cut two quarterbacks on the same day and you're left with Mac Jones, who'd probably be cut on some other teams in the NFL. I don't understand where this is going. And I start to wonder if maybe it's it's not time for Bill Belichick to hang it up. There's always this thought that he's playing like three-dimensional chess and nobody can see why he's doing these come up with some genius way to like bend a rule to create some new advantage. But in this league, to have kind of a shitty quarterback as your starter and then like nobody backing him up seems like a risky move. Uh, I'm not into it. I'm going to stick with what the Browns have. All right, next one. Coach Prime. Won his first game as head coach at Colorado with an upset against number 17 TCU. How are you feeling about his name being tossed in the hat when the Browns start one and seven and Stefanski gets axed? <laughs> Honestly, from what I've watched of him last year, all the social media stuff when he went to Colorado, it seems like this dude's built to be a college football coach. Even though he can relate to NFL play, like there's no doubt he can relate to NFL players, but watching it this weekend and some of the interview stuff and they say, how'd you get this kid to come to Colorado? What did you promise him? What kind of package? And he's like, I don't promise them anything. I talk to their parents and I say, I'll return your boy a man after three years. It seems like if he's perfect there. Like if he turns around Colorado, then you're talking about maybe he's getting a top 15 job at some point. But yeah, he's, I don't think he's meant for the Browns, but I wouldn't be mad. I'd, I'd be excited <laughs> to see him there. If our Cleveland Browns start one and seven, I am all for Coach Prime being our next head coach. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Bring that guy in, shake some shit up, man. Let's go. I, I love to see it. I, I don't I don't want to see it on the Browns. I don't want to see us start <laughs> one and seven. I don't want to see Deion Sanders anywhere near our head coaching job because we're successful in our place. I agree with Chuck. I think that, that guy is he is ready for stardom at the college level for sure. If he's not the head coach of Florida State. In the future, being his alma mater, it's another top 10 team somewhere. And maybe Colorado's that team, right? Like maybe he gets Colorado in whatever conference they land in in the next few yeah. years uh, to that level. So who knows? If the Browns start one and seven, we may need him to play in our defensive backfield and coach the team. So I'm excited for them to talk about the first ever player coach in the NFL. Coach Prime coming in, lacing him up again and calling the plays. Moving on, NFL week one. Not the Browns. What game do you think you're most interested in or most looking forward to see? Week one, I, I'm really into this uh, Dolphins-Chargers matchup, man. Yeah. Like, I, I want to see what these teams are all about because no spoilers. One of those two teams I have making it all the way to the Super Bowl. It's a really good slate of games when I, when I looked at the schedule. It might be Thursday mm -hmm. when our Lions yep. yeah. take on the Chiefs. And if they lose for you, Gerb, I think it was a good thing. Our our Lions lost to the Chiefs because you stay hungry, it. baby. Uh, stay I, hungry. I like the Seahawks Rams game because I think you're seeing a maybe a Seahawks team that's really good and a Rams team that's over. And that would be weird if that team was over. The Bills Jets game because are the Jets kind of going to be for real coming out the gate? Yeah. Are the Bills going to actually get over a hump? But I might just sit on even though it's it's easy. Lions Chiefs not only because I love the Lions, uh, but because it means footballs. Back, man like <laughs> that's that's what i'm most excited for like that first kickoff on thursday night i know if for like the next six months i i'm pretty sure i know what i'm doing on thursday night on sunday on sunday night and on monday night 
You guys are looking at this all wrong. I'm going with the Cardinals versus the Commanders oh, week stop one. It. Two oh, terrible God. teams. <laughs> former Browns quarterbacks might face off, and even if they lose, the new Commanders owner is still a mile ahead <laughs> of the last one, man. There's a lot of good games. I want to see one that's terrible. I'm going with the Cardinals and the Commanders. It's been a long time since we talked about gambling, but football is awesome for that. So where are you putting your money for NFL MVP? Patrick Mahomes, plus 600. Joe Burrow, plus 700. Josh Allen, plus 750. Anyone that's not a quarterback, plus 100,000. Where are you putting your money? <laughs> Is that a real line? Where, no, I'll take that line. line. <laughs> I'm still, yeah, I'm going to take that because you're talking about three people versus every other NFL player. You're going to take the field? I'm going to take the field, but if, if you have to eliminate for the sake of uh, sanity, Mahomes is always great. I don't, I don't mind the Burrow at plus 700. That seems like a, a pretty decent bet. When is the last time it wasn't a quarterback? I, I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah. So I, I, yeah. I think uh, I'll take the Josh Allen plus 750. I like that. I like that bet. I'm going with the easy money. I'm going with Patrick Mahomes. He's, he's going to throw Chiefs. for a bazillion yards. Yeah. Fucking Chiefs. All right. Leading rusher in the NFL. Where are you putting your money? Nick Chubb plus 450, Derrick Henry plus 650, a rookie named Bijan Robinson plus 800, Demetric Felton plus 1 million. <laughs> <laughs> Demetric DeFelton. <laughs> no, man, you know, I, I think the safe money there is with either Henry or um, the, guy, the rookie in, in Atlanta because neither yeah. one of those teams have quarterbacks that are going to throw the ball over the field. Uh, so I'll go with King Henry. It's just he's been there before. Who knows what this rookie has, but he's his ceiling's super high. So I think Henry, I, I, that's where I'd put my money this year. Putting it on Nick Chubb. He's not going to get as many touches as we all think, but every time he touches the ball, I bet he scores a touchdown and runs for at least 70 yards. He's going to average 27 7, yards. yards of <laughs> That's <touching>. why. <laughs> so you're saying that Chubb is looking for like a season like the guy in Varsity Blues had where they had Absolutely. to score him from 25 yep. yards out because yep. Kilmer would never give him the ball inside the five <laughs> against Stefanski. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's going to be Chubb because they're going to pass too much. I don't think it's going to be Henry because he's getting banged up a lot. I don't know the last time he played a full season. So I guess I'll go with this rookie, Bijan Robinson. I had to look up who he played for. Uh, plus 800, that's good money. Last one, leader in sacks for the season. Nick Bosa, plus 700. Miles Garrett, plus 800. TJ Watt, plus 1,000. Jadavian Clowney. Plus ten thousand. <laughs> Where's your money going? It should be Miles Garrett, and I'm going to stay away from that because I don't want to jinx that dude, man. I, I just don't. I can't put my money on a Brown. I can't do it. So I'm going to say I'll take the TJ Watt number because as much as I hate that team and can't root for that guy, he's pretty special. And if he's healthy, they're just, just yeah. that's his sole purpose on that on that team, right? Sack sack the quarterback. So I'll, I'll put my money on TJ. Disappointed in you, Phil. I'm I going do Miles. It. I can't do Miles it. Garrett, man. Like it's the Maloik. I can't. Yeah, I, can't yeah, I'm, I, I would. <laughs> I'm gonna take him. Their defensive line is improved. You would think, like Jim Schwartz, like how can I unleash this guy? He's been unleashed since he got in the league. If he stays real healthy, I, I don't, know, man. I think he's a contender for like defensive player of the year if he's real healthy yeah. and the scheme does what it's mm -hmm. supposed to do for yep. him, right? If you're highlighting him, like we're not too smart, right? And we're like, oh, 
we're, we're going to hide him so Clowney can get his sacks. No, man, like <laughs> everybody should probably be blocking Miles Garrett. And I still think he gets to the quarterback, no matter if five guys are blocking him. So that's where I put my money. Chuck, you convinced me. I'm going with Gary. Hey. Maybe bad luck. Guys. I hate you guys. <laughs> what it. are you doing? Are you even listening to what you're saying right now? <laughs> uh, all right. So my money's on Miles Garrett, but a close second on Jadavian Clowney just because those yeah. numbers were so good. Um, but let's move on. Let's talk some real stuff for the NFL. Let's go around uh, conference by conference, division, division, and pick some winners. Uh, we'll start in the AFC. Who do you have? winning the AFC West. AFC West. I have Kansas City Chiefs, your team. Don't ever say that. <laughs> Same, Chiefs. Yep, I'm on the Chiefs too. All right, how about the AFC South? Texans, Jaguars, Titans, and Colts. Jags. Jags as well. Ooh, three for three. I went with the Jags as well. That division sucks. All right, how about the <laughs> AFC East? Bills, Patriots, Jets, Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins. Oh, yeah. Two morons. Yeah. Buffalo Bills. <laughs> Again, just like last year. I was a year early on the Bills. All right. Big one. AFC North. Who you got winning the division? Your Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> also the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> ah, you guys are the worst Cleveland sports media members no. I've ever heard of before. I, we, Cleveland we Browns. Cleveland Browns <laughs> is the correct oh. answer. Go Browns. Go uh, Browns. Winning the division. If not now, when? <laughs> Next year. <laughs> All right. Division by division in the NFC. Who do you have win in the NFC West? Uh, the San Francisco 49ers. Niners. Ooh. Seattle Seahawks. It's a good pick. Girl. Niners aren't going mm -hmm. anywhere. Oh, <laughs> no talent on that team. All right. <laughs> NFC South. Panthers, Buccaneers, Saints, and Falcons. Who you got? Saints. Also the Saints. Ooh. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That division sucks. Next mm -hmm. one, NFC East. Giants, Eagles, Redskins, Cowboys. Philly. Philly for Phil. Philly for Phil. Yeah. The Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly. Yep. I'm on the Eagles, too. I don't really trust any other team in that division. Last one, NFC North. You going with your brain? You going with your heart? Both are Detroit Lions. Brains winning out. It's the Vikings. Oh, I'm going with the Lions, too. All right, so we're split on that one as well. So those are our predictions for division winners. Let's jump ahead to AFC Conference Championship game in the playoffs. Who's going to be there? AFC Conference Championship. I think it's going to be Miami Dolphins versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Better change mine. Uh, no, I have the, just agree. Yeah, I have yeah. the Miami, Miami Dolphins. I don't want to put the Chiefs. I'm so sick of the Chiefs. Um, <laughs> how can you go against the Chiefs? Yeah, I'll say the Miami Dolphins against the Chiefs. All right, I'm on the Bills and the Chiefs because I'm riding the Bills from last year as much as I possibly can. All right, who's winning? Uh, the Miami Dolphins. But I was being sexy. The Miami Dolphins. <laughs> you guys are both suckers. I'm going with the Chiefs. All right, how about in the <laughs> NFC? Who is playing in the conference championship? The Eagles. And I've been tossing it around. I, you know, I shouldn't do that. The Eagles and the Cowboys. Oh, that's interesting. That's what I had. Damn it, Phil. Wow. <laughs> I thought oh, a wild card team in the NFC. So I'm, I'm yeah. going to say Eagles 49ers. All right. I'm on Eagles and Seahawks. So who's mm -hmm. winning? Eagles. Eagles. 
I'm going to say Seahawks. I'm sick of everybody. All right. So <laughs> I, I just can't have another Eagles KC championships. All right. So I'm taking the Seattle Seahawks to win the NFC. Uh, who is your Super Bowl champion? The Philadelphia Eagles over the Miami Dolphins. I don't even need to be here. The Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles over the Miami Dolphins. All right. I'm taking the Chiefs beating soundly the Seattle Seahawks to win the title. So I'm on the Chiefs to win the whole thing. You guys are both on the Eagles. We'll see. Probably none of them will get there. But enough about the good teams. Who needs to be relegated Ted Lasso style and sent down to the Big Ten or the SEC? (laughs) Which team from the AFC needs to go? The Colts. Ooh, all right. The Houston Texans. As you might imagine, I'm on the Denver Broncos. I'm really hoping that they're absolutely terrible this year. (laughs) Yeah, do you have the Browns losing to them? Yeah, right. No, 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 I picked under one and a half. (laughs) No, I picked the Browns to win the game. I just don't like that part of the schedule. Ah. All right, so who needs to get relegated from the NFC? The Cardinals. Good one. Also, the Cardinals. All right, just get them out. (laughs) I said the Rams. Like all that them pick stuff from a couple years ago now is starting to kind of come back and bite them, right? Like they they really don't have a ton of talent on that team right now. And the talent they do have is starting to get old. I think the Rams might be a disaster. All right. How about a, a surprise team, whether they're better or worse, either way that it's a surprise in the AFC. Well, I'll leave the Dolphins alone since I already predicted that they'd make the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if that's surprising anyone. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Jacksonville surprises someone as a good team in the AFC. It's kind of the, the same wavelength here, like not on Jacksonville. The Dolphins, I already said, are going to the Super Bowl. I'm going to say the Texans are going to be a lot better than people think. Ooh. All right. I said the Ravens. I feel like the Ravens may be taking a step back this year. I don't know if they'll be terrible, but I don't think they're going to be as good as people expect them to be. And I don't think they're going to be a contender in this division. How about in the NFC? Well, I also think the Seahawks are going to be real good, Gary, but since you already stole that, I'm going to say the Giants are going to have a terrible year. Ooh, Whether it's good injuries. One. I hope that or, happens. Or Daniel yeah, Jones just stank. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that the Giants take a step back. They gave that fan base a lot of hope making it to the playoffs last year, but I, I think, I hope and think they stink. Uh, you kind of teased it already, Gary. a surprise bad team. I don't know if it's much of a surprise as the Rams, but I'll, I think... In the NFC, I'll go the other way then. A a surprise good team would be the Saints. I'm going to go surprise good team as well in the NFC, and I'm going with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Fucking no. You were talking about it. Baker, he just needs to be 60% of Tom Brady, and he can take (laughs) that team to the playoffs. That division sucks. He can win games for them down there. I still believe in Baker. We'll see how that goes, but I think Tampa Bay is better than uh, people think they are. But that's our... NFL talk. Why don't we move on to some more fun? Worst fantasy league ever three. We are back. Uh, we all have teams as of yesterday. Our auto pick draft uh, worked well again. What's your favorite new scoring rule in the league? The points per punt yard or a point for every fair catch that a player makes? <laughs> oh, God. I'm going to go points per punt yard just because. I'm like, what's the average punt in the NFL? Maybe 40 plus yards? Yeah. yeah That's right. a lot of points. A ton of points. <laughs> you might get three fair catches a game, but I'm going to get 40 some points out of a punt yard. Every That's, punt. Yeah, every, every punt. It's crazy. Oh, I need no team. I'm not even going to start anybody. Just win on punts. <laughs> if you think back to the years when the Browns would punt like six times a game, 
if each one of those punts averages six six times a half, (laughs) if six punts a game average 40 yards, that's 200. That's amazing. Ridiculous. The most important player in the entire league (laughs) is your <laughs> oh shit! But who's like how? What? But there's no putters on our so roster. It's, uh, the defense, the, it's the, the defense, defense, the special teams. Special teams. Oh. So all of a sudden, you're like, I don't care if we get any sacks or a fumble yeah. recovery. All I want to know is that we're oh, punting man. seven to eight times man. a game. When when transaction Tommy listens to this yeah, episode, transaction Tommy. he's going to immediately <laughs> pick up the worst defense on the yeah. worst team ever because of the punter, right? <laughs> Well, it's not that you actually want a team that has a bad a offense, so That's they I mean. punt yeah. a ton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. not a like bad not defense. A good defense. Your defense might be fun. Yeah, no, the defense. You yeah. want a bad offense because you want the punter out there. We're gonna see how this goes for a few weeks. We might take that rule out if that's really how it works. <laughs> we have two hundred point scoring opportunities from uh, from punters. Plus, you get you get ten points if you kick it inside the ten. <laughs> Our commissioner has yet to begin to defile himself. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's great. All right. So how are you feeling about your team so far? I don't know. I, I don't know. I looked at my it, pretty good. Pretty good. I, I, right. I really didn't lose an ounce of sleep drafting. Right. Opened it. I saw my quarterback was Deshaun Watson. And then oh, I closed it. Oh, man. And I no, closed that's it. That's rough, man. Yeah. yeah. And then I opened it back up and I'm like, I need to change the name of the team. So, other than that, uh, I don't know who's on my team other than Deshaun Watson. I really like the way my team looks, although I do have uh, Joe Burrow and Kenny Pickett as quarterbacks. So, I've got like our two two of our rivals as quarterbacks. That's that's never any fun. But tomorrow starts trading season in my mind. So, I'm going to be back to my <laughs> yeah. goal of making a trade every week <laughs> of the fantasy season. But, fellas, We are out of time. I am out of questions for now. And we just did the whole show without mentioning that we have reached our 2023 yearly trip month, and the trip is now less than 20 days away. With that news, that reminds me, it's been a really long time since I listened to Son of the King from Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat. I hope you guys have a great week. (laughs) Let's get together and do this again real soon. Absolutely. Damn it. Uh, (laughs) Just winding up our playlist. Now I got to add that to it again. (laughs) All right. We ready to get this show rolling? Yeah. Let's talk some football. Let's do it. God damn it. <laughs> uh, Higgins myself right there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're gonna be all right there, buddy. Mm-hmm. Natty Daddy's not going down that smooth. Not yet. <clears throat> From the east side to the west. This oh god, this is a bad start. Like something something happened with my eye as soon as I started talking. It really distracted me. All right. Take take three. <laughs> <clears throat> The longest season of the year, the one between the last Brown season and the next one, begins next weekend. That didn't make any sense. <clears throat> Question for a different day, but like, why the whole ruse in the first place? Why don't you just be like, 
Wyatt, don't worry about it. I'll go kill him. You worry about other stuff, man. I know I can beat him, and I've got like a hard on for this guy anyway. So let me go take care of him. Because I don't understand. You, you don't write movies that way. That would have ah, God. Just chat GPT <laughs> yeah, <seriously>, stuff. Man. <laughs> God bless. Anyway. <laughs> um I was asking myself, you guys still sorry. Something just popped up. Are you still there? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let me yeah. get back. Nothing to it, changed I, at all. Good. <clears throat> yeah. No, like a uh, antivirus thing popped up. Anyhow, what I was going to say, I, I, I had been asking myself, like, if they're, what keeps me up at night? Maybe the defensive depth a little bit, like unproven talent uh, and, and defense. Just on depth. offense right now. Oh, I'm sorry. Just on uh, offense. Oh, just look, on offense. We're going to get to it. Oh, I apologize. <laughs> of the schedule or which part of the season did you hate the most? Doesn't matter. Oh, I got to, I got to pick one of you guys. Usually, to answer this, don't have I? You, is this your how, first time doing long, the show? Chuck. How... <laughs> 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 um, I realized that I hadn't looked at the schedule to determine what my answer to this question was going to be. I was like, Oh shit, I better look at this real quick while they're talking. Um, How was your draft? Oh, I always hate it. I always hate it afterwards. I'm like, my team sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I Why hate don't we just auto pick this? Yeah. Is this you your family league? Yeah. It's it's family, like family, and then my my one cousin Joe is the commissioner. So he's got a couple of his buddies in it. Everyone, it's I think it's it's like 12 teams. Everyone throws 50 bucks in, you know. Yeah, and, that's a uh, nice league. Yeah. Yeah. The the winner gets like 400. the second place gets 200. and yeah. Call it call it a year, you know. So yeah, it's it's good. Um, but I had like the ninth pick, you know. So you're like, ah, oh, that's a bad spot. That's like <laughs> yeah. the wor- eight and nine are the worst because yeah. like all the best guys are gone. But then you don't get like the nice like turnaround that you get at twelve, like getting a pick first in the next round and stuff. Like I've I've drafted from the ninth spot many times. Um, Yeah. And it will yeah. probably pay off for those folks because it's a two quarterback like ours. It's a two quarterback team. Yeah, you know? I completely forgotten that I had I had done that. And then I looked at my team yesterday. I was like, oh hey, two starting quarterbacks. Not bad. <laughs> <laughs> Your team <laughs> this looks is gonna be good. great. I can't wait till we get to talk about scoring. Oh no. <laughs> oh man, we'll get to it at the end of the show. We'll yeah. talk. Worst fantasy league, but um, <laughs> I think I might have to make a midseason change to scoring. It might get it might get a little bit too crazy. Well, who knows? Uh, See how it goes. Yeah, um, it is I, the worst fantasy league ever. This is where we're like the we're like the Savannah Bananas of fantasy yeah, right. league. This is where you right. start t- testing this kind of stuff out. It's right. <laughs> going to work See, in the this works. <laughs> So I was I was working in Tammy's shop today, and this uh, older couple came in, kind of working around the shop, kind of talking, whatever. And uh, I had one of the dogs there, and they were talking. They were telling me that they have two labs um, named uh, Mickey and Maze. And I'm like, holy cow, which one of you guys is the baseball fan? Like, oh, we're both huge baseball fans, you know. And she's like, his dad actually played for the Cleveland Indians. Whoa, 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 whoa. What are you talking about? And he was like, yeah, my dad was 
a catcher for the Indians for most of the season in 1951, and then he got drafted to go fight in the Korean War and, um, like, never came back and, and played after that. And he's like, he was one of Bob Feller's catchers. And this guy went to a card show like 15 years ago when Feller was signing. He's like, oh, I got to get in this line. I'm going to get the signature. I'm going to talk to him. And he goes up there and he's, you know, Feller signing like a photo or a ball or something for him. And he mentions, he's like, hey, my dad was one of your catchers in 1951. And Feller just looks at him and goes, name. <laughs> That's all he said to him. And he, and he said his last name. And I don't remember his last name. It was like an Italian sounding last name. And Feller looks at him and he goes, you mean Bob? And he's like, yeah, yeah, that's my dad, Bob so-and-so. And they talked for like 10 minutes. It, like, Feller remembered his dad as one of his catchers, man. Nice. That was fucking cool. Yeah. Awesome. <clears throat> Maybe Mickey would have been better, but he's like the health he was hurt. stuff. Yeah, he was always yeah. kind of beat up. So he was yeah. he was one of the best center fielders as a young player. Is Mickey he still Mantle. alive? And then Willie he tore his... still alive? Willie Mays is, I think, yeah. Yeah. Mickey Mantle old. is not. Yeah, Mantle tore up his knee, stepping in a drain in yeah. center field. Yeah. And he was a raging alcoholic. That's <laughs> so, also yeah. true. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah. Imagine. <laughs> 301 for his career, 660 jacks. Yeah. Amaze. Yep. Or almost 3,300 hits. His his war was 156.1. That's pretty good. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who, who was his backup? <laughs> no oh. one, right? Yeah, I mean all the those stats <laughs> maze is better. Right? Yeah, Good. mental so hard just because he he did. Yeah. He was still pretty young when he tore up his knee at a time yeah. when they didn't know what the fuck to do with that. Um, no, man, he had a probably went into his penis to fix it. I'm sure they did. It's the only <laughs> way. Kill me now. <laughs> would send a balloon through his. Yeah. Oh God! <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Are you sure this there. is the only way, doctor? The only way. I am the only doctor in the room. Yes, this is the only way. <laughs> another another Brown scheduling thing. As you were mentioning, your part of the season, Gerbs. How about the NFL did us no favors? We're going to Denver and then to LA, LA. the week after that. Yeah, you know, against yeah. two shitty teams, we should beat both of those. Yep. And you're you're yep. lucky to split those, right? You're yep. lucky to split those. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's awful. This is not. This is a really shitty schedule for the Browns. Yeah. Uh, even though there's some there's some shit teams. Like I don't know what to say about Indianapolis. I think Arizona blows. I think Denver blows. I think the Rams blow. I think Chicago's yeah. probably not real good. Houston probably sucks. Yeah. I'm not sure you just have no idea who the New York Jets are going to be by the end of the season. Yeah. Um but geez man like even though those they've first got four some games, those, man. Yeah. Those first yeah. four games. Like that's like you come out of that two and two and you're like, all right, fine. Bring on the 49ers. Cause that's yeah. going to be tough because then we get the Colts. Right. Um, but you get the 49ers after the bye week which is nice, you know, and it's home and it's home. What's Kevin yeah, Stefanski's record after a bye week <laughs> undefeated. I'm sure. Um, I have him at three and one going into the bye week I would love that. I wanted to, I wanted to have that happen yeah. because I think Pittsburgh and Tennessee suck. Um, but I have them losing at Pittsburgh Gosh, on Monday night. Man. I have them losing later, and like I just picked them to win and win one, lose one against everybody in the division. So I was they're, like, they're gonna white helmets. They're going to start they're, hot. They're wearing We're going to feel helmets. great. We're going to feel good about it. Cleveland Sport yeah. Talk Radio will uh, forget about the Guardians playoff run to talk about the Browns because they're 
you yeah. know, three and one, and then who knows I mean, they happened. got three I have them at two and in two. the first four. Three home games in the first four. You've played you've played a third of your home games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Before the fifth week of the season. Yeah, and it's still October. Yeah, man, uh, that's interesting. It, it's an interesting schedule. I, I, your take on uh, Chubb was interesting too, Gerbs. I wonder, and I hope, I guess, more I hope, I, I would get that guy involved in the passing attack, right? Like, the do, he's a yeah. preeminent running back. But yeah. just get the ball. But he's always been able to catch the ball. Yeah. Like, they, yeah. they've never used him enough in that. I'm going to go grab another beer, but I agree yeah, with you. Me too. But yeah, get him the ball. I'll be back. I have no idea. Chuck, I'm shaking. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. I understood what you're saying. <laughs> Quarterfinal. Uh, Italy. I'm going to go to Tuesday. Bed. Italy. Ooh, we're playing. We're playing. 8.40 a.m. When? What day? Uh, Tuesday. That's a late start. Tuesday at 8.40. There's a 4.45 start for Lithuania and Serbia. Oh, that's Wait a game, man. You're going to want to wake up for that one. I know. Like I'm big on the Serbs this year. 8.40 on Tuesday. I think I can watch that game. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. I'm, I'm going to watch that one before I go into the office. All right. I know it's early, but I'm tired. No, it's not early. It's quarter to midnight. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to get off this and watch Cocaine Bear again or something. Oh, wait. No, it's Sunday. Winning time. Yeah. You can watch right winning time. Right? Yeah. Oh, there you thank go. God. There winning you time. go. <laughs> I'm doing that. <laughs> All right, y'all. Yeah, I hope all right, guys. going. All right, fellas. Happy football <laughs> season. <laughs> all right. Love you guys. Love you guys. Love you guys. Right. See you. What do you mean I'm funny? Funny like a clown? You didn't use you?